Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Unsexy Church Podcast. We hope you listened to last week's podcast where we talked about... What did we talk about? What did we talk about? That was calling. 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 Yes. This week we're talking about calendar events and how the church ought to celebrate different things on the calendar. From church calendar events like Christmas and Easter, to cultural events like Independence Day and Memorial Day, to events that are more personal like birthdays... Mother's Day, would that be a part of that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Um, So we're going to talk about that. How should the church celebrate those things? And with me, I have such a great host who's going to drive this conversation because you've dealt with this for a number of years, a lot more years than I have. You I'm not saying you're old. You I am not saying you're old. I'm saying you're wise. how much older I am. I'm saying you're you wise. Yeah, too late. Now, wisdom can come with years, and in your case, it has come with years. <laughs> I have very long teeth, as they were to say, right? <laughs> what does that mean? I've actually never heard that before. A horse's teeth get longer as they get older. Oh. Usually, it's like a person. You that, should know that. You're from Missouri. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I've heard that someone's earlobes never stop growing. I've heard that, too. And then someone's nose never stops growing. And my grand. Fathers would both attest to that, yes. <laughs> I've heard that's true. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I can see when my grandfather earlobes are getting pretty long. But um, So after you've insulted me about my age, yes, we're talking about special days okay. in the life of the church and how, because we should celebrate things, right? Yeah. There, there are things that, that we rightly should celebrate, but what's the right way to do so? That's okay. that's the balance that we need to find, and, and what do we do in the life of the church? Because Christians are in this world. We may not be of this world, but we're to pay taxes. We're to enjoy things in our local communities were to support and uh, serve in our local communities. Right. And so we are a part of a culture. Yeah. Hey, before we go too far, though, let's not forget, we have to talk about the mug of the week. I'm spinning it around right now. I, I can't even see it. I have, to, I have to move my laptop so I can move. What is this one? That was, that was very dramatic. It, thank you. Uh, it's a mug from Montana. It says Montana on it. It's actually from Montana. I'm sensing says, a theme. Last week was Missouri. Today is Montana. States with an M. States that start with M. Mississippi's next week. I don't have Mississippi Mississippi mug. I'm just kidding. Uh, but this says Montana is my happy place. It has a nice mountain there. So check this out. I had the opportunity to um, lead a wedding this past year in Sheridan, Wyoming. However, I flew into Montana. And uh, this was kind of cool. I rented a car. I uh, had some extra time. I flew in a day early. So I got in my rental car, drove about two miles away to this state park in Montana. And after I parked this car, I went on a walk to the top of this mountain that overlooks uh, whatever city. What's a what's a popular city in Montana? Can you think of one? It's a, it's a city that I think it starts with a B, but I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, so I'm there. I land. I go to this park. I see the whole city from this mountain. But on the way to the, the, the edge of the mountain that oversees the city, uh, there was a lot of brush and sign after sign that said, watch out for rattlesnakes. Now, I'll just tell you, I'm from Missouri. I've had to get used to alligators here in uh, Florida, but I've never been around rattlesnakes. You could hear multiple rattles in those bushes everywhere. It just rattles and rattles and rattles. And I thought, I'm going to die. And so, like, I run, and I'm, like, tiptoeing running as if that's going to deter the rattlesnakes. I get to the edge of the mountain. You and pranced? And I pranced. I looked like <laughs> – I'm, so, I'm so glad no one had a video camera. Uh, but I made it, thank the Lord. And there were some individuals on the edge of the mountain. I said, hey, it, it was that rattlesnakes I heard? And they said, probably. But also, 
crickets or whatever types of bugs like crickets or grasshoppers or something echo that sound. So they'll make the sound and the rattlesnake will make the sound. So it could have been that I'm just jumping around because You're running of from bugs. the crickets. I'm running from the crickets. Uh, but but you really don't want to find out the hard way, right? I, I would rather step on a cricket than a rattlesnake, but I'd rather avoid either. So prancing was my way of transportation. Just hop, 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 hop. Uh, so Montana mug, pretty great mug. Uh, brought it back for my wife, but I'm drinking from it today. That was a neat story. <laughs> You're welcome Thank you for sharing. For wasting everybody's time. <laughs> now picturing me, they're gonna have to go and find a picture of me on our church website to see what it could have looked like. The prancing to have pastor. that guy prance around. Yes. So special days and how to rightly <laughs> celebrate them right. uh, in the church. This is something that honestly, it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. But it really is because, again, there are some things that we should rightly celebrate, but we need to celebrate them in a right way. Um, and I think that Christmas and Easter are, are things we should celebrate. It's celebrating the birth of our Savior and the death and resurrection of our Savior. These are two huge monumental events, but they come around every year. Yeah. And the church has to find a way to rightly celebrate them uh, without getting too clever, without trying to – outdo themselves every year and lose the picture of the main thing. What, what's Christmas really about? What's Easter yeah. really about? And sometimes I just think, you know, I, I know this is a struggle for me as a pastor, having preached every Easter for the last 25 years um, and then been in planning for Easter services before that. It just seems like, okay, how many times can I tell the same story mm. a different way? And, you, and And the temptation is, well, let me be clever this year. Let me do something else this year. Yeah. Uh, but then you just have to remind yourself, okay, these people, Easter is a, everybody knows you get, you, everybody comes on Easter, mm -hmm. family comes with, and you just don't know who's in the, in the congregation. Yeah. So I, I've just been convicted, just preach the gospel, preach the resurrection, preach the gospel yeah. on Easter. Cause you got one shot with some of these folks. And so don't overthink it. Don't try to be too clever. Just preach the word, preach the gospel. Yeah. I think sometimes in my cynicism, I can say, oh, we are the church is full on those days of people that are only there to get a picture with their family in their nice new outfit. But don't forget, who cares? You have an opportunity to share the gospel people who may believe that day. That's right. At the end of the day, yeah, we can. We probably should speak of the lordship of Christ, that he should order your life and order your week. Yes, we should speak of the necessity of being part of a local church. Sure, we should talk even about um, our apathy in our serving Christ, but don't miss the gospel because people who think they're saved may get saved that day and rejoice that they have an opportunity to be inside of a local church. You have the opportunity to show them the goodness of the local church. So in my cynicism as a young pastor, I, I felt like, oh, these people don't, they're not real Christians or whatever it might be, but genuinely be excited. People are there to hear, um, or, or they, they might not be here there to hear the gospel, but by golly, they should hear it. They should hear it. Yeah. Don't miss that opportunity. It's good. Absolutely. So preach the gospel. You know, if you preach from 1 Corinthians 15 every single Easter, preach 1 Corinthians 15. That's so right. It's of first importance. If the resurrection's not real, then we're all wasting our time. But it is real. And here's why. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, you have to you have to wrap it in different ways and package it differently. But at the end of the day, preach the resurrection, preach the gospel on Easter. Yeah. Your tactics, your illustrations don't beat the actual story itself. So make sure you, you don't overdo it. it with anything else other than just the yeah. story itself. Don't get, it, don't get it lost behind all the bells and whistles. What about someone who says, why celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day? That just seems like a cultural thing. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th um, or Easter. You know, sh should you really have an Easter egg hunt? Um, you know, how might we in 
is there a part where we should disengage there? What's the, what's a good argument for engaging there? Um, any thoughts? I, I think the argument for engaging there is the opportunity to speak truth into things, right? Yeah. So what is Christmas really about? Did it really did, – was Christ really born on December the 25th? Um, speak truth into that. Maybe yeah. – we don't know the exact date, but we do know the truth that he was. Right. Right. So can you do that on another date? Yeah, you should. Yeah. But that day is an opportunity where people are looking. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is a season where you can go into secular stores and hear Christian music playing – and an opportunity to speak to people about, hey, do you hear the song? You know what it's talking about. So there's, there's an openness in that time of season that may not be there at other times when people might actually be open to hearing what Christmas truly is all about. I would yeah. say the same thing about Easter. And I, yeah. and I think things like egg hunts and those things, I think those goes to issues of conscience, which we talked about you know, an episode or two back. Uh, but again, it's an opportunity to speak truth when people are maybe more open than normal. Yeah, to talk about such things. Yeah, we we um, already strike hunt, and I can't speak for our children's minister, but isn't I think intentionally inside of our building so that people might know the building that they can come to the next day. Right. Yeah. And even and, and the gospels being presented. Yeah. Even to preschoolers as they're coming to an egg hunt, it's it's, it's simple, but it is still here's the real reason of what Easter is about. Yeah. Um, not just eggs, and uh, here's the true meaning of Easter. So you're taking an opportunity and turning it into. Uh, an opportunity for the gospel. We love you. Here's where we gather. We're all about providing experiences for your kids to enjoy and hear the gospel right now. Um, so anything else about Christmas and Easter before we move from church history events to culture events? I think they, they should be celebrated, right? As we've said, uh, and just make sure you don't miss uh, the trees for the forest. Don't, don't, don't miss the main reason of what you're celebrating by trying to be too clever every year, trying to come up with new ways to, to be distinct or different. Just be faithful to the gospel. It's good. Cultural events may look different depending on where you live. Right. Right. So some of those cultural events will look like 4th of July will look like Memorial day or labor day. Um, people in England or in China may not celebrate the same cultural events we do. Um, why is it important to still recognize, um, cultural events and can we go too far in our worship services recognizing cultural events? Yeah, I, I think you can either go not far enough or you can go too far. Uh, so I, there are certain events you don't need to ignore. Memorial Day to me is an event you don't need to ignore it. It's an opportunity once again to talk about uh, the true uh, sacrifice that was given for us. Um, and in ignoring it, if you just choose not to do anything about it, uh, you might offend some who have given a great sacrifice or or whatever or their family may have. So that you can gather that day. So that you can gather that day. But then again, point to the truth. But you can also go too far and you mm-hmm. and you and you move from celebrating the Savior to celebrating the the creation, celebrating what we've done, what we've accomplished. Uh, and then and then you start quickly moving into idolatry if you're not careful. And so I would say the same thing about the fourth of July. Um I, I'm not gonna be throwing, you know, a huge American flag up and and singing patriotic music on the 4th of July, not because I'm not patriotic. Mm. That's not the purpose of the gathered body of Christ. Mm. It's not to celebrate the country in which we live, although we can praise God for it and thank God for it. Um, But it is to celebrate the the country that we belong to, you know, our our heavenly home. So I don't think you should ignore it, um, but I think putting it in right perspective, right? So celebrating the 4th of July has no context for, people in Europe or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. South America. 
Um, so how can I do this wherever I am? I think yeah. is, is part of that conversation. Did you have additional thoughts on that? Yeah. So I, I grew up in a church and I'm not trying to chastise or talk down about things that happened in the past or the decisions that were made and why they were made. I, I wasn't a part of those meetings. I was a kid. But I do remember growing up in a church where we had um, two uh, individuals stationed at the top of our balcony who would shoot off like gun streamers um, and also two people in the middle of the balcony. I remember it because I sat by him and I thought it was cool as a <laughs> six-year-old who would shoot off confetti, the red, white, and blue. Um, there was a march, the bidding of service for all the armed forces. Um, that took about 30 minutes of the of the worship time. Um, I, I think there's a point to which it can be too much. Right. And here's here's why. Here's my argument for that. Um, say you have missionaries coming from, you know, uh, Germany or um, coming even from Iran, and they've been ministering to a group of people trying to share the gospel with them, and they come and they worship with you. Yes, they can understand there is just war. Yes, they can understand patriotism as they should love their home country where God has placed them. But I think we can make the focus something that other people can't worship anymore, yeah. right? And I think if we're given an hour or an hour and a half with people a week to worship God, we ought to be very careful putting anything in the way of our worship of God. And, um, and even... What we spend time on is what we value. And if what we spend time on um, is a cultural event that if America was gone 20 years from now, um, we wasted 20, 30 minutes of our worship service that could be devoted to God. We just, I, I just think we should have some really broad historical perspective and global perspective about Christianity. God has united a people from every tribe, nation, tongue, language. And that's what ought to be celebrated, the uniting factor of what God has accomplished through Christ. So, again, we should celebrate. We should Thank our military and our armed forces, our, um, our firefighters and our policemen, those who've laid their lives down, pointing to the great one who sacrificed himself for us. But it can go too far. Right. Um, and it has in some congregations, I would argue. Yeah. And it may sound like we're not patriotic. We both are. Um, Absolutely. But there's a place for patriotism and, and and you can go too far with it. I'm so thankful for those who serve in armed forces in our church. Absolutely. We have quite a few who do. McDill mm-hmm. Air Force Base is not far away. Um, there's a lot of undercover operations that happen through that in Iran and Afghanistan. We're so thankful for them. We partner with a local partner that supports them. Uh, I, for a time in college, wanted to become a Navy SEAL because there's a way in which you can just jump in and try. I was like running and working at the time I thought I could do it, you know, um, my grandparents served in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm a patriot, but I'm a Christian first. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned something I think that's very important, um, guarding that time of public worship. When we gather together, what, what's the purpose there and what are we, what are we focusing on? What are we worshiping during that time? Mm-hmm. Um, I guard the pulpit very jealously, cautiously, not because of my time, but because of what's going to be taught, preached. What are we proclaiming? What are we saying is a value? And that's not to say these things aren't of value, but they're right. not of the ultimate value. And right. that's what we're there to focus on. It's a very limited time and for a very specific purpose. Sure. But I think you can use all of those things, again, to draw our attention, just as we talked about with Christmas and Easter. Make sure that you're drawing our attention back. You can use Memorial Day. You can use Labor Day. You can use Independence on the 4th of July. You can use Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. All of those national holidays you can use to get to the gospel. You yeah. can use them to point us to the goodness and greatness of God. Yeah. And that's what my encouragement would be. One of the ways that I've done that in the past, um, when I served a small country church, Rondo Baptist Church, I mentioned it last week, um, but on um, 
on Memorial Day, uh, there, there's a lot of talk about the sacrifices that individuals have made to, mm-hmm. to give us the freedoms that we now have here in America. Um, I remember sharing a story about a guy named Michael Monsoor, who actually one of our um, military members of our church knew, knew him, who jumped on a grenade, saved four of his buddies. Um, and it was the first casualty, at least as I think, as in, I think he was a Navy SEAL. I could be wrong in that. It was one of the first casualties in the war on terror. Um, well, he laid his life down for his friends. Greater love has no one. Someone would lay down their mm-hmm. life for their friends. But consider even greater. Jesus laid his life down for his enemies. Mm-hmm. Romans 5. And so that, that doesn't make sense to us. And, and, the, and, and so you can get a beeline to the gospel pretty quick to say that, you know, Imagine the sort of love that would lay down life for friends. Now imagine the sort of love that would lay down life for an enemy. And that's the sort of love that God's displayed in Christ. Right. Um, so I think I, I'm with you. I think there's ways in which you can share the gospel and still honor cultural holidays. And I don't, th- and if you're a, a ministry leader, a church leader, and you're thinking through these things, uh, understand that if you don't put an emphasis on some of these, you're going to receive criticism for that. Yeah. Somebody's going to say, hey, why didn't you point out that today was Memorial Day or why didn't you honor whatever it may be? And if you go too far, you'll have critics that way as well. Uh, just stand by your convictions and use the opportunity. That's why I say don't ignore it, but just make sure you find the right balance to to mm-hmm. observe it, right? Mm-hmm. So as you're saying, use it as an opportunity to acknowledge what's going on, acknowledge what's being celebrated. It's worthy of being celebrated, but there's a bigger picture that's wor- more worthy of celebration. That's good. So um, if, if you wrestle through it, have your conviction, stick with it, and be able to explain, this is why we do it the way we do it. That's good. That's good. Even through Thanksgiving, you can always receive criticism for things like this. Well, do you know what all that, you know, people that came over did to the Native Americans or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, people are geared toward giving thanks throughout that week, being uh, um, together as a family throughout that week. And so take time to talk about the importance of family or take time to talk about what everybody's mind's already on and then point to Jesus. Right. I think that's super important. Yeah. We, You're going to receive criticism for doing it or not doing it, just like you said. Yeah. We, we use Thanksgiving as an opportunity to do uh, Lord's Supper together because mm-hmm. we're ultimately saying thank you to God for his ultimate sacrifice for that's us. Good. And I, and it's probably annually that I'll say there, there's, there's going to be people all around the country today are this week gathering for a Thanksgiving meal who have no clue who they're being thankful to mm. or what they're being thankful for. And That's we good. do. And so let's celebrate that and acknowledge mm. that. Great. All right. So we've moved from church calendar dates to cultural calendar dates, now to more personal calendar dates. Now, these might be cultural as well, Mother's Day, Father's Day, but birthdays, anniversaries. Graduations. Um, graduations. Great. Mm-hmm. Anything else in that category you can think of? That's about what I that, yeah those yeah. yeah those are the big ones probably yeah and and rightly to be celebrated okay and and I think you can celebrate them with purpose and with intent um, I, I, baby dedications are one we got to be careful we're explaining what a baby dedication is it's not a baby baptism we're not setting the child aside for salvation we're not conferring salvation in fact we're we're more uh, dedicating the parents than we are the baby it's, yeah. it's a process by which we uh, help the parents to see their God-given um, responsibility to disciple their children and them making a commitment to do that in front of the church and then the church making a commitment to them to be the body of Christ to come alongside and help them in that. So I, I, that's a great opportunity mm. to celebrate. And I've seen it done many different ways. You know, We do it – we choose to do it on Father's Day because of the picture that it paints of the, the family making that commitment 
to it. Uh, I know other churches that break them up and they do them all year long yeah. at different times. We've just chosen to do it at that point. Um, but I think it's an important thing to do um, for that teaching moment, for that opportunity for the church to see generational ministry mm. um, and encouraging these families to, to to love their children well, to, to teach <coughs> – excuse me, to teach their children to know God, love God, and serve God. And that's something that a lot of churches do, but not necessarily something on a calendar of all churches or even definitely not even in our culture. That's something we choose to do. What about something like Mother's Day or Father's Day where our culture does recognize those dates? It's specific to either mothers or fathers. How might you handle that? And, of course, maybe part of that conversation is – uh, it seems like there's a tendency in the church world to to kind of come Pray, against fathers. Yeah, praise mothers and beat down fathers. There you go. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, and also, how do we handle the fact that some mothers have tried to become mothers and, and, and haven't been able to? Mm-hmm. How do we handle that carefully? Um, some that have lost kids. Uh, it can be difficult. It, for some, it could be uh, time of celebration for others. Mm-hmm. And, and add to that on Mother's Day, you have folks that have their mothers there with them. You have mothers that are, you know, They've in another passed. state and you have mothers that have passed. And yeah. so it's, these days have just a plethora of emotions that go with them in different issues. But I think it's right to celebrate motherhood. I think mm-hmm. it's right to celebrate that. Um, you know, I've, I've been in churches where we, we, we pass out stuff for the the mother that has the most kids, or the oldest mother that's present, or the youngest mother that's present. You, you did it for the oldest mother that's present. Yeah. Well, how did that go? I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. You had to be brave to do these things. Um, it better I, be a good gift yeah. to get over the shame of being the oldest one in the room. We have gone away from the pointing out individuals and just celebrating every mother that's there um, and, and finding ways to do that. But I think it's right to celebrate motherhood and and. And then there's multiple passages of scripture that you can turn to with that. Um, and, and our teaching style, preaching style, where we're expositorily going through books, sometimes it falls that it fits. This year, we're going to be in the section on Titus where it's talking about generational leaders, mm-hmm. uh, older men and older women doing what they need to do. So I didn't plan that. It was kind of providential that God put it there. There are other times when, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Psalm or excuse me, Proverbs 31 and, and teach from Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. about this, this woman of wisdom. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's good to celebrate these things. Um, and motherhood it, is a gift. It is a, a gift. gift from God. It is a gift, but also being sensitive to those who desire greatly to be mothers, but, but cannot be, or God has not allowed that yet. Uh, or those that have lost their moms. You have to be sensitive of those, to those issues. Uh, and just acknowledge that. Don't don't ignore it. Let them know. We we feel your pain. We're here with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know my mom, having recently lost her mother, who was very impactful in her life, uh, had a hard time going to church on Mother's Day, uh, just because she knew it would be a part of that service. And so, just stewarding that responsibility well to not uh, to not hijack the worship of God again with too much of Hey, all the mothers in the room, stand up. We're so glad you're mothers. Right. And mothers are the great. Mothers are the best. Um, just to be really really careful how we steward that. I think it's important. I think it is very important. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something earlier where we, we have a tendency on Mother's Day to praise mothers and on Father's Day to just beat the stew out of fathers. You yeah. know, go to those passages and why aren't you more like this? And I think we have to be careful with that as well. I think we need to praise fatherhood and praise the those that are doing well and encourage and exhort those to, to do better. Um, but then point ourselves to our heavenly father who is all of those things perfectly. Uh, so, yeah. Can I put you on a difficult spot? You're about to. So if, if men need to be critiqued mm-hmm. in some ways, 
So do women. They, they, they right. need to be encouraged in right. some ways. Right. Women need to be encouraged in many ways, as they're often on Mother's Day. I think we would also we, we'd, we'd all agree that men, women may need to be critiqued in some areas. Can a pastor do that as a man? If he's if he's doing so through scripture, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, it's my personal opinion, no. But if I'm if I'm taking them to passages and saying this is what God's word says, thus says the word of the Lord, absolutely. And I think that's probably the case that we've we've ge- geared on. Well, we're men; we know the problems of men. We're a man speaking to a man. It's easy just to say, "Step it up," right? right. We're, we're frustrated with other men, whatever it might be. Sure. And for women, we appreciate our wives. Um, we're thankful for our counterpart that we. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the, our, uh, someone who sees our blind spot, someone who encourages us. And so we're, we're softer in that way. But we do got to see the whole counsel of Scripture and say, okay, there's some areas in which men should be encouraged in and recognize the f- good godly fruit. And there might be some areas where women can be challenged. That The mm-hmm. Bible does speak very clearly that women ought to be challenged in this sort of way. And if we are, as you said, tying it to what Scripture actually says, the full counsel of God's Word, uh, we shouldn't be embarrassed to do either, right? With great care, of course. We shouldn't be embarrassed. Absolutely, I, I would add to that. Of course, I'm going to take them to scripture. But if it's te- if it's teaching on something that is from a about women or from a women's a woman's perspective, I don't have that perspective. Sure. Can't have that perspective sure. for particular things. But God has put sure. a godly woman in my life that does, and so I don't go to my wife uh, weekly and say, "Hey, darling, what, what's your perspective on this passage of scripture?" But if it is teaching on something that I don't have a perspective on or it's teaching about women, it's not uncommon that I would say either to my wife or some other woman in in, in our lives, maybe Claudia who serves on our staff. Sure. um, Help me see this from your perspective. If I say this, what do you hear? Absolutely. I I think that's wise to do. um, Yeah. And if it's getting very specific, you know, to what it looks like to live and serve God as a woman, um, we're probably going to have something special even for that. Right. Led by a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, again, we're not women. There's a lot of experiences we don't uh, haven't had, nor will have. Um, and so a lot of wisdom in that area specifically we don't have. So you're assuming a binary in the gender. Do you really want to go down this road right now? <laughs> I just, you know. You, you, I, I mentioned Elon Musk. <laughs> that, that might be which another. I'm not saying, so, again, if someone's listening another to podcast. If someone even mentions me say the name Elon Musk, they think something probably politically. I don't even know where Elon Musk is politically. I have yeah. no idea. Right. So FYI, yes, I do assume there are. Two, two and only two genders. Okay. Yes. Okay. Are we really going to say at the end of a podcast? That was you this well, time, not me. You know, hey. Hey, we're so glad. <laughs> I guess we're going to end this way. Uh, anything you want to say about celebrating? It's good to you celebrate. usually have a couple closing yeah, comments no, so we can get away I, from I, I really end. don't, but it is. It, it, <laughs> I think it's one area where churches, including our own, they, we don't do it well. I, I think what you appreciate, you celebrate, um, and, and we ought to celebrate things more than we do. Um, so we ought to celebrate baptisms ought to be celebrated salvations ought to be celebrated marriages ought to be celebrated anniversaries ought to be, we we ought to celebrate these things we just have to be cautious in how we go about doing it so that we don't elevate the celebration above the main thing that's good hey thanks so much for joining us this week on the podcast we look forward to uh, you getting to hear us i guess i would say getting to see you or getting to hear from you but you guys you guys hear from us on this podcast thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week